previously on The Outsider. that whatever Claude sees and hears, it sees and hears. You asked me where my people are buried around here? The old bear cave. It's been sealed since 1947. He's in there. We found him. We're gonna be back in a couple of hours. It's not right. I'm telling you that that thing's out there. What if it doesn't cotton to being contained? kill it before it can kill us. What if it can't be killed? You know what you just did. I know what I just did. I gave you the heads up of your life. He's in my head, Seal. So you just told that thing that all those people are coming for it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the season one finale of The Outsider. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. I am so happy to be here with you talking about this final episode of season one, hopefully not the final episode of the mm-hmm. series. Join with me is my beautiful and talented co-host, the one and only Jen. How you doing, Jen? I am doing super good. I'm really excited to talk about the finale and um, some of the differences that I see between how a lot of people reacted to the season finale and how I reacted to it. And I, I am super interested to hear why you think there is this huge chasm between the two. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I... I love the series a lot. <laughs> like it's no, it's no, um, uh, anyone don't have to wonder if I like the show or not. Cause I've yeah, been right. pretty, uh, pretty, uh, out there with saying how much I love the show and, uh, and how I'm a fan of the novel as well. So, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this episode. I thought this episode was better than the ending of the book. So, um, so we can go into that as well. I feel like at the at the very end of the show, uh, even though we don't have to worry about spoilers anymore. Um, I mean, if you can't, we'll be spoiling the end of the novel. Um, I feel we can talk a lot more about the book. Uh, we'll sprinkle a little bit of book versus uh, movie. I'm sorry, movie TV show. But for the most part, we'll be talking about what happened in this television series. So, uh, Jen. Uh, yeah, let's, yes. We can go in order. I feel like this this is more so than any of the episodes. We can mm-hmm. go directly in order of events. I think that will serve this well. Yeah, it probably does. That. Okay, so we start out, you know, really leaving off exactly where we left off at in the uh, the last episode. Uh, we have, of course, our boy, uh, Mr. Hoskins. Uh, he has a sniper rifle and he is going to town. He, he shot off Alec Pelly's head <laughs> pretty much, uh, at the end of last episode. And, uh, now he is still gunning for, for more heads. Uh, one quick note 
book versus uh, TV series is in the novel, Hoskins is more so a lot of his anger is aimed directly at Ralph. Right. And he really wants to kill Ralph out. I mean, it isn't just the fact that he's being controlled by uh, El Cuco. It's, you know what? This is like kind of a win-win. I can, I can get healed from the, you know, from his El Cuco's control. Plus I can get rid of a guy I hate it. <laughs> you right, know? Right, so, right. Exactly. Right. So there's more, I would say there's more dislike towards his character than even the series. I, I would say, and maybe this is a good jumping off point because we can go to state of mind with Hoskins is in the novel. He's less of a sympathetic character in this he's more of a sympathetic character in my mind. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I also think though, that in the book, we understand that uh, El Cuco is so much more entrenched in Jack's mind. And I think that that's at least the way that I read it. It feels like that's what fueled the rage for Ralph, that it wasn't just, you know, well, Jack didn't like him or whatever. It was really, it was like El Cuco had poisoned Jack's mind to the point that that was all that Jack could see is that, you know, seeing Ralph through that haze, through that filter of hate, because he was basically the one who um, had figured out how to track him down. I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of room in between, um, uh, it, it was actually solid detective work. Now, the interesting thing to me is, uh, although I think, and it's one of the reasons that I feel like um, Jack in in the in this episode didn't specifically target Holly, is because Jack, the, the just Jack himself, saw Holly as being the one person who perhaps tried to help him, A- and. And so, like, none of the rage and hate came out that way. It was just for, uh, in, well, in the book, it was just for Ralph. But even here, it feels like it was uh, aimed at other characters and not at Holly. In fact, I, I'm I'm almost positive, right, that he sees through the scope and has Holly almost in his sights, right? And he doesn't shoot. He doesn't right. Know more. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, he, um... He do, he chooses not to to uh, to harm Holly, so um, which is uh, interesting, especially when he has, and and it seems like a lot of it was you know because she says "damn you to hell," you know, and uh, uh, which is something out of um, it seems like something almost out of uh, uh, what's that um, um, the Planet of the Apes? <laughs> oh yeah, <I'm> Charles <laughs> It's not like something straight out of uh, Planet of the Apes, you know. But damn uh, you, the hell! But uh, oh <laughs> um, but uh, no. But I, I thought that um, I thought that she, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed her character, and I enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed this iteration of it, and and I think we need to kind of go into a little bit more of what we were talking about when it comes to that, but uh, not right at this moment. 
Uh, let's get okay. back to the the fact that okay, so this is shootout, and the shootout is great, and the shootout is yeah. very well it's written. Okay. It's very well written in the novel as well, but this one had more stakes and more people involved. Um, the extra people is Andy, um, also uh, Bolton's brother, who is not even in the novel, and you had Bolton too. Claude Bolton wasn't there as well. Uh, and so those are three extra people who are involved in the shooting and Claude loses his brother, which, you know, I mean, his brother didn't even try to hide. He just stood right there in front and, uh, uh, you know, and he ended up getting shot. It's just like, Oh man, what you doing there? It's so much hubris. I mean, it was just like, you could just feel the hubris coming off of him. Like, uh, you're not going to get me. Right. And Which is really crazy based on the fact that he was filled in on everything prior to heading out there. I mean, obviously he knows that he's dealing with something supernatural, but I think this also has to do with, you know, that remember how we've been talking about this entire series, <clears throat> the idea of belief makes such a huge difference in the fate of the characters and, and well, I'm not saying the fate of the characters, but it has to do with how they interact with the storyline. And Claude's brother just refuses to accept the supernatural component of all of this. Even when he says that he does, I don't think he truly embraces it. And that's what makes him walk out in the middle and just go, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. And um, so what about when... Um when uh howie gets there i mean i guess we kind of went a little too far uh but when howie gets there and you're like oh no and they're trying to tell him like hey what you know like hey hey you know it's like oh dude don't you see the bullet holes and everybody hiding you know but you know i guess you know it is what it is so it's it, it is it there are in this scene there are just a couple of tiny well and actually it extends from before there's just a couple of tiny things that are a little bit irritating because they don't make as much sense as i feel like they should Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah you're right it is what it is yeah um and then also we had the snake uh you know uh in the novel, he's attacked by the snake. In this, he sees the snake because I don't think he even saw the snake in the novel until he he just got bit by the snake. In this one, he saw the snake and then he shovels it away. And then in this novel, I guess we're kind of jumping ahead, but um, in the I mean in this TV show, it's clear that the the snake is being directed by El Cuco. Um, right. Whereas in the novel, I don't think it's as clear. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't remember it being it, that being clear. <clears throat> no, I don't. I, it felt very random and happenstance. In fact, it almost felt. But you know, I think there's a reason for that, and the reason is because is because El Cuco tells in the novel. El Cuco tells Jack, "I can relieve your pain." Right. And I think you know, in the series, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have that be happening. Because we can't get that. We can't get the direct communication between the two without having El Cuco basically say it out loud in the cave. And that probably wouldn't have made as much sense. Right. Yeah, it worked better. 
it worked better in the novel than it would have i think yeah you're right right yeah yeah because you got basically him talking you had a lot of inner monologues that you obviously don't have on the show absolutely yeah so um uh what do you think about andy uh attempting to be a hero in the end at the end the last thing he did oh honestly it's so sad i i you know holly is not always a super sympathetic character partly because of the fact that she's very emotionally distant from other people um partly because she doesn't always feel like she has as much empathy based on you know the flat affect of her emotion although she is but it just doesn't feel at all at all times and you know you could feel the pain from the character just jumping off the screen it it was that was heartbreaking that was really heartbreaking I didn't like Andy, so I didn't cry when Andy bit. <laughs> it wasn't about Andy, though. Honestly, for me, it was about Holly. It was about Holly's connection to him and why it was so sad for her. I uh, I was like, I was hoping Andy was going to get it. <laughs> oh, she'll be fine. <laughs> You're so mean. Oh, my God. She'll be fine. You know, it's a... Uh... He'll be fine, or she'll be fine. Uh, but uh, I thought that, um, you know, I wasn't too sad about him, you know. Hey, Dad. <laughs> That's so bad. I was like, oh, And I was, I was like, because I, I, he was one of the characters that I thought was going to probably get it. So I was just like, you know, I like to be right, you know. But it's. But it's, you know, it, it did, it said a lot that he was willing to sacrifice himself for everybody, though. Yeah, he was an idiot. <laughs> oh, God, you're so mean. He was an idiot. Like, dude, like, why are you trying to be a hero? You barely know this chick, you know? Like, he, he's like, yeah, watch, I'll show her that I'm a hero. And then he got himself killed. I think he genuinely really cared about her. I think he really wanted to save her. Yeah, he was stupid. He barely knew well, her. Uh, it, you know what? What? Seriously, love doesn't work that way, bud. Sorry. He didn't love her. How could you love somebody you he, just met? I. Oh my God! Really? Really? You just just met? Are you one of those people that believe the the love story in the Titanic? Three fourths of every love story I have ever read is an immediate connection whether the characters realize it or not so yeah i know and most of those stories are stupid <laughs> so i'm sorry <laughs> three-fourths of all the fiction i've ever read is stupid okay. yes okay all right all right i'm just saying I, I liked it i liked it i thought that, that i i although you know i don't know the character of andy was it, it he was a little but i feel like he was perfectly paired with holly because he was different too. Somehow he was different. I don't know exactly how, but somehow he felt different and that made it just perfect for Holly. Uh, what do you think about how Jack took himself out at the end? Uh, which is Man, very different from the novel. I did not expect that at all. Yeah, that's very different than a novel. Very. And, he... and also, you know, it definitely made him a 
uh, it made him, it made his death consequential. Right. Whereas it, I feel like if Ralph had killed him, it wouldn't have made it as consequential. Yeah, because he, and then he's like, he's in the cave. Go kill him. Mm. <laughs> exactly. And, and that, and, and just him saying that, obviously, you know, El Cuco's going to know that, you know, there's that back and forth link. So he's going to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to El Cuco confrontation, right? Which okay. is very, very similar to the novel. Because um, I, I believe there is a line with him saying, go ahead and use the railing and come down. Like, if I remember correctly, he did greet them like that. Like He said something like that, yeah. Yeah, so that, which is something that was... Uh, uh, my friend uh, Miosha, who hadn't read the book, uh, every time she would ask me, "Is that did that happen in the novel?" <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, uh, I vaguely remember him saying, "Well, I don't even want to say vaguely. I I think I remember him saying something to that effect, like, just calm down, you know, just you know, like he was, you know, peaceful at first, and um, so the well, one I think oh, in some ahead. ways in the book El Cuco was intensely curious about how they had put it all together. And part of that, I think, was also his evolutionary strategy of staying alive. How did you manage to track me down this way when I have been so successful for hundreds, probably, of years doing this, probably more than that, um, without anybody figuring this out? How did you get it? And, uh, you know, in some ways, uh, again, you know, this whole idea of um, not, you know, belief is one huge part, but the, in especially in where El, El Cuco is concerned, there's this, again, this hubris piece that comes in. It's like, you know, I'm so um, I'm so unstoppable that, uh, that ha- you're you guys aren't going to be able to stop. There's no way that you're going to be able to stop me from doing what I still need to do. I'll still survive. And the, so him inviting them down felt to me like that's exactly what it was. Like, I need to understand how you guys figured all of this out. And I'm not afraid of you at all. So sure, come on down. You know, we'll have a shot of tequila and talk about it. Right. And I, I'll say one thing. The book definitely had better his description of how he looked would have been more eerier. I think they should have went that because they said that his face was kind of a, a mix of Bolton slash, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maitland. And like the way it's described is way more scarier than just looking like Bolton, you know? Um, I, I think they wanted to have that moment where he was looking into a mirror, but I thought that it would have probably worked even better if they had that moment where he was, uh, um, where he looked like, um, you know, that, that kind of mix mash, you know, I don't well, know why they like chose they, to do that. I feel like they tried to get to that by having him go through all those spaces at the end. Yeah. That, which is from the novel as well. That he, right. that he, he changed into, you know, people that he had been and whatnot. But, uh, I still believe that, you know, I, I, yeah, it definitely would have been scarier. Now I, I'll say this too, like um another thing too about um about this is uh 
is the conversation that they have. Um, you know, it started out, it was so interesting. And then, cause he, she asked him, you know, what, why kids? And in the novel, it goes into depth a little bit more about kids. And she calls him a pedophile, which like pisses him off and all of this stuff. And I don't know why they didn't do that in the, in, in this. I, I don't know either. Although, I, I don't know. I mean, in some ways, I feel like they were trying to cram a whole lot into a very short time. And maybe they just felt that they needed to peel back some of it. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Were you dis... Well, okay, before I get into uh, this, um, were you disappointed... No, no, let me go there. Were you disappointed in that in the novel she gets to kill the kill and oh. they took it away from her in this? One? No, no, I, I, I honestly, I actually felt more satisfied that Ralph killed him. Why? I, and I think in the book, I mean, in, in the series, it everything led me to feel like Ralph should kill it in the book. I did feel like Holly should kill it. Hmm. I I don't know how to describe the difference. There's something different about the presentation. Maybe it has to do with the way that they developed Ralph as a character in the series that was a little bit more um, like he really had some skin in the game with the death of his son. And like, you know, he had, there were, there were uh, psychological reasons for him to need that fulfillment also, the other thing that I feel like was kind of uh, maybe important, <clears throat> and I know we're going to skip around on that a, a little bit, but it also set up the very end. And if we didn't have Ralph go back for the final kill, then the very end wouldn't have made sense. If it had been Holly that did it, it wouldn't have made any sense. Were you expecting the worms to come out? What's that? Were you expecting the worms to come out? I kind of was, but I also think that it was smart of them not to do that. Really? Because Why? Then that, because I feel like that might have actually signaled uh, a more complete end instead of an ambiguous end. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm talking about the worms uh, I know. out of out of El Cuco. Yeah, I know. But I feel like if people had seen that happen... Uh-huh they might have drawn the conclusion a little too hard that, that he was actually, it was actually dead, dead instead of even, even with the worms crawling out. I feel like the way that they did this was actually a little bit, it was way more subtle, but maybe a little bit better. Okay. Um, let me ask this question. Were you, uh, um, did you think at first, that they were going to pull one of those uh um that uh he that it that they got the wrong Bolton Oh um for just a second when they were leaving it it maybe felt that way um but I think it felt that way because Holly looked back because uh, at one point the the camera shows Holly looking back into the cave just before Ralph kills it. Right. 
And um, that made me think maybe there was something else going on. Like maybe it was mimicking, <clears throat> maybe it was mimicking someone else, possibly. Right. Which uh, later I actually didn't feel that way after I saw the rest of the uh, of the how they ended it. Then then I didn't feel that way. But you know. Right. Are you glad that they um, didn't do that? I'm very glad. Yeah, they would have been kind of tropey. Yeah. But yeah, that would have felt really. And also, I feel like it would have been inauthentic to El Cuco because I don't think that that's what it would have done. Right. I just, you know, it just did nothing that we've seen so far tells us that it can transform that fast. Right, right. Yeah, no, that, no I agree. <laughs> okay, so what do you think about um, the fact that they actually decide to lie about uh, what's going on. So, you know, ultimately, I was trying to remember how I thought about this in the, in the book altogether, right? And it, it there are quite a few departures here. Um, but I think that that Ralph choosing to lie here that and convincing Holly to lie was super significant like emotionally that was very significant because holly doesn't lie even when her own sense of sanity might be on the line even when it might seem ridiculous holly doesn't lie and so for her to go along with ralph at that point was like a turning point it seems like for me in terms of how much holly really trusted ralph and then also you know, if we consider this last episode as kind of like a little mini hero's journey, <laughs> when the journey hero. comes to an end and the hero tries to rejoin the group, they're supposed to be really changed so that they don't quite fit in with the group that they once belonged in, but perhaps they fit in with the warriors now as, okay, now I've been assimilated into this group. So it kind of made sense to me. It, it was, it was. I think it was actually a good arc. Okay, so you you're totally fine then with um, that aspect of it. Yeah, I think it actually kind of worked. I also it also gave us a chance to give a little bit of resolution to uh, to the Maitlands and uh, gave us a further opportunity to see an interaction between. Uh, Ralph's wife and um, and I now I'm going to confuse them from the books um, but it, from Terry Maitland's wife right Jamie who has a different name in the series yes Glory Glory yeah thank you yes. Glory yeah because she's like uh, dang now I forgot her name in the book uh, <laughs> uh, hilarious um, I know there's some uh, hardcore fans that are out there going, these guys, uh, <laughs> you're killing me with not knowing the names. Uh, no, but, um, no, I agree though. I think that, uh, I, I feel like this really, um, they made some proper changes in my estimation with this. And, uh, 
I really feel like that this particular, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I love the fact that I hear what you're saying about, um, about, uh, changing it and it makes more sense for, for the TV show. But I did like the fact that Holly was the one who got the kill, you know, in, in the book, but, but, but I want you to think about something okay. because when, if Holly had killed El Cuco, the issue that I have is that anything that they lined up from that point forward would have to draw on that as canonical uh, lore for the series. And I don't think that it will work as well because Ralph is the doubting Thomas, Mm -hmm. not Holly. And so if they are going to pair those two up again, uh, then Ralph and Holly, Holly is already the believer. Mm -hmm. And so by having Ralph kill El Cuco, we can go back to Ralph being the denier in some ways and have that dynamic continue to work. It doesn't work if Holly kills it and Ralph is there just to see it. It's not Ralph killed it. Now in his mind, it is completely dead. Hmm. Okay. I I mean, I, I feel you on that. I, I guess, I guess I'll give it to you. Uh, but, um, I still feel like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to think about that some more. So I, I just want to touch on something because I feel like this is, it's super important to me, mostly because, I, you know, so much of a, of a series' success anymore is its online uh, and social media interactions. And I, of course, jumped on social media right away after the end of this episode and was absolutely devastated by the number of people who wrote things like, oh, that's it? Well, that was not great. That was unfulfilling. Why did they do that? What happened? I mean, I I had such a complete and total different feeling about this episode, about it as a uh, season finale, that it's it was almost painful to read that. Mm, really? I mean, yeah. I, I totally, totally expected when I read it in the novel and I knew it was going to be some kind of variation of that. I was not surprised that people were going to feel the way that they were going to feel. Really? So, yeah, because uh, I mean, it, it, I knew it wasn't going to be an ending that was just going to endear people to it. You know, um, I didn't mind it. You know, I thought it was fine. But you know, that's me. I feel like most people, they're not, you know, they're not going to be, be like me when it comes to that. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe people missed some of the, maybe they missed some nuances. Maybe it was too nuanced. I don't know. Maybe it's just because we read the book that maybe we have some, uh, subtle understanding of things that maybe some people don't. I don't know. I, it, it's hard because, you know, I, I don't want to present this as, oh, you know, maybe people weren't smart enough to get it or something. But at the same time, I'm also kind of confused about why people 
thought it was so underwhelming when I, I don't, what were they expecting? I, mm. I guess that's sort of my bottom line. Like, well, what is it? What is it that would have made this better for you? I don't really understand what you think that they could have done that would have changed that. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I can see where they're coming from. It's, you know, I, I mean, everything ends with the conversation with the, the, the villain and then it's, you know, bashed in the head with a rock. <laughs> you know, like, I get it. You know, I, I mean, I get it. Oh, okay. See, maybe this is why I see it differently, right? Mm -hmm. I think I see it differently because I see the ending of season one as the chapter opening to season two. And I feel like there is no way to get a season two unless we have an ending that isn't as resolute as perhaps people were looking for. Yeah, but I mean, this is how it ends in a novel for the most part. I mean, he gets beat right. up. But, that, he gets but that's beat what I'm down. saying. The novel doesn't have a part two, but if the series is setting up a part two, then how else can you end it other than having it be a bit ambiguous? Because I'm just talking about series viewers now. I'm not talking about people who have read the book. No, I'm saying that they basically took the same... It's basically the same ending. So, uh, except for one character does. Well, actually, I mean, the shotgun is different. That was different. And they could have changed it. They Uh could have, right? Right. I mean, I I mean, it's not thrilling is what they're, I think they're getting at. It's Hmm. not as thrilling as the show up till then had been. I think that's where where it's coming from. Like I enjoyed it, but I can see how other people may or may not feel the same way I do. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's all. So okay, so I have to ask you a question now. So what did you think was the purpose behind showing uh, us that maybe uh, El Cuco maybe had done something to perpetuate himself before he left? What do you mean? Well, okay. So I'm trying to think of a really good way <clears throat> to describe it. So we know that in the cave, um, he kind of goes through a bunch of people that it seems like maybe he's been before. Right. But didn't we see him also turn into Holly? No, he turned into the black guy that committed suicide in the. Oh, oh, no, no, didn't he? Did didn't he? Uh, no, he he can he 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 turned into the black guy that that um, yeah. Oh, did I completely misread that? Yeah, because I mean that's from I the, may have. Yeah, that's from the novel as well. He turned into uh, um. Yeah, yeah. what's his name? Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember that. I but I for some reason I really thought that 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 he had changed somehow or had. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, I'll have to go back and think about that one. So okay, but in no, no. I I feel like that's not. 
Yeah, I, I don't. don't know. I didn't get that was Holly. I got it was um, the uh, the black guy. Oh, I know what I'm thinking. I know what I'm thinking. I'm th I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the scratch on Holly's arm at the very end meant that it was transforming into Holly. That's what I. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Now that, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go into that that aspect of. Um, you're talking about the post credit scene. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Let's talk about that. Um. Oh, sorry about that. Um. I I think it's clear that they're trying to say that something's happened with her. Uh, let me pull it up on there. Well, she got scared and looked at the back of her neck with a mirror. Right. Um, here we go. This is the scene right here. And, um, I think that, and then remember, she said earlier in the season, I don't remember which episode, that she didn't care for music. Right. And at the end of the episode, she's listening to the radio, listening to music. Right. So clearly something is and, going And actually, on. The, the song that plays is, is Ralph's mom's song the song that Ralph that Ralph talked about his mom listening to when they were talking about coincidence and happenstance right the Washington Square song right so that right there <laughs> which seems to have even more significance right and you you knew in a way that it was going to have some significance you know I mean it was pretty obvious that we didn't just get that for nothing you know what I mean Right. So uh, I don't know. Like I, I think that uh, I think that um, w they're trying to set up because all right in the novel it gives, and also wait I forgot I forgot about this too. Uh, she's looking up to Fre Frankie Peterson um, investigation as well. Right. And uh, let me see if I can. Will it take me? Yeah, there it is. And she's twirling her hair. Which did, doesn't seem, you know, uh, very highly. We haven't seen her do that before, right? And then there's a part where, you know, Terry Maitland's name is mentioned, and right. she seems not to know who he was. That's right. So it's That's like, right. yeah. So is El Cu is El Cuco inside of her now? I I I I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I, it, so okay so it would either have to be that or that El Cuco is changing into the likeness of her and they have that connection and it's been a, a while at this point how long had it been uh, I don't remember yeah I remember that it, it had been like a while so Long enough for it's been long enough for them to uh uh for something to happen right uh, uh, although wait, I gotta tell you this before we move forward mm -hmm. so um do you remember when they are first coming into the cave and they see all of the animal skeletons and all of that stuff mm-hmm 
Well, first of all, my kid said, oh, look, El Cuco is leaving his junk food wrappers around. <laughs> um, but so we clearly know that there's enough life down in the caves for El Cuco to uh, sustain himself. Mm-hmm. And possibly to gather enough strength. But I, I took that that he brought it, that uh, Hoskins was bringing that to him. Oh, I don't know. Because I don't think they would be down there, would they? No, that that we that can't be. No, that can't be because Hoskins, even if because some of that stuff was really old, and and uh, and Hoskins wasn't there when he when he was trying to get to all of the survivors behind the big uh, cave in. That's true. So, but he was definitely down there because we saw you know the scratch marks and trying to get in and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, no, I think they're. I think they were implying that there is definitely some food there. It's just not what he wants because it takes him longer to recover that way. Yeah, it's not the food that he that he really enjoys. No, definitely not any ambrosia. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, well, uh-huh. go ahead. I was just going to say the, 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 the point behind me thinking about that cave scene again was the, the idea that Holly could have been scratched by him seems plausible. I mean, there was a lot of scuffling, right? So it does seem kind of plausible, but, but it also seems just as likely that, uh, that somebody else could have. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't really understand what, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, like I I don't think she was even that close to him to have been scratched. That's what I was going to ask you. Like what do you what do you think it was Claude that scratched her? It must have been Claude cuz she did carry him off. <sighs> that makes it even harder to understand. I'm wondering if that's some stuff that they just put in there at the end to just because it doesn't seem like it it makes any sense at all I don't know I I really don't know yeah. I was hoping you would have some different insight into it because mm-hmm. that it, that was probably the the only super confusing thing for me was that Oh yeah, no, I'm right there with you, kiddo. <laughs> like I, I was looking for to you for that one, yeah. Um, I, there, there were, there were, maybe it's supposed to be ambiguous just so that we don't sort of jump to one conclusion or another. But I, I I'm having a hard time figuring out how they will reconcile that. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's one of those old writing things. You write yourself into a corner and worry about it later. Um, but let's see. Oh, I'm going online real quick. Uh, let's see. Somebody wrote why it doesn't need a second season. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Okay. I think (laughs) I brought this up before. It says that, um, that since the series scored better ratings than the Watchmen and, and True Detective, 
Wow. Uh, that it's saying that it, it uh, the finale drew 2.2 million. Wow. Oh, wow. As a whole, 9 million viewers across all platforms. That's really surprising. Oh, wow. So they're saying that, uh, that, uh, there might there's very good chance there's going to be a second season let's see what else is out there on the internet uh about it um okay it says ben mendelson doesn't know about season two but he's heard a few things uh let's see um uh, trying to find out we're doing this real time everybody so there with us. Um, okay, I don't really see. Kind of ran through that one. I probably should have read that one before we did it. So um, it looks like there might be a very good chance that there is a season two, which is good news. We said that on a on a previous episode, um, but um, you know we won't know until they give that official word about season two. So hopefully there will be. I, I think I think we'll probably find out sooner rather than later if there is a second season. But I mean, my guess is that's going to take a lot for them to pull together. Yeah. Oh, this is a great thing. Gabe uh, in our chat room wrote um, and I says, my theory is Holly knows an awful a lot about El Cuco. She compares herself as an outsider like El Cuco. Right. Maybe she is one of them. And, you know, and kudos. Uh, there was some there was a reviewer who um, I can't remember who it is, somebody on YouTube, he, he's a really good one. And he he mentioned this about the show not being called The Outsider because of El Cuco, but The Outsider because of Holly, which is interesting. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, in the novel, El Cuco is referred to as The Outsider multiple times, whereas in the TV show, I don't think they ever call him The Outsider. So I don't know if that really works totally in that theory, but you can, but the TV show definitely, you could say that for sure, that she, right. she that maybe in their minds, she is the outsider. Well, it does, it, it actually does kind of, it works. That does work. Um, but, but I also, I have to wonder if Holly, um, I have to wonder if Holly, when she says that, if it doesn't just mean that she is ultra sympathetic to the supernatural. I, I mean, like, you know, there's so many, it's kind of weird because the at this point, the level of complexity with the character of Holly sort of runs in a whole bunch of different ways. And again, you know, like we've referenced before with Mr. Mercedes, I, I can see why that would be but i can also see why the series would say it takes what no 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 okay the reason that originally that i didn't think that that was what it was that she was an outsider was because she's the one with the scratch mm -hmm. it's not like if they had showed something different if they had showed holly leaving the cave and somebody else having the scratch then i would say oh maybe it is holly but because Holly is the one who has the scratch and she frantically is searching the back of her neck for that rash. Mm -hmm. It makes me think that even though she understands, like maybe she's a, 
maybe she is even supernatural in her own way. She has her own offshoot of supernatural mess, if you will. Mm-hmm. That could work, but I don't think she can't. She can't possibly be the same thing as El Cuco. No, no, I don't think that's what we're getting at. That they are that she's an outsider in that regard, an outsider as in an outsider to you know them. Not that she's like El Cuco, not at all. Right, right. right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I guess that does work. I mean, I guess it does work. It's true. Yeah. So any last words about this season or this uh, series? I think at some point we should do like a, a full dissect of the whole season. Um, but um, bef- before that, uh, any last words you want to talk about? Well, this? first off, I... I I'm I'm actually really heartened by the viewership, by the ratings. That's amazing. And it tells me that people really are hungry for serial drama that is uh, protracted and, you know, the quote unquote slow burn in reveal still has a place because <clears throat> to some degree, it feels very much like... Um, excuse me um like we have sort of come to uh, a place in storytelling where everything has to be explained on the table the moment that something is said and it's so to me it's so unsatisfying so i'm really excited that that this series got as much viewership and kind of love and attention as it did on the other hand um i also think that with whatever they do for the next season that they should try to push things forward just a little bit faster. Um, There were moments in this entire season when I felt maddeningly like they were being, like they were pulling the story through molasses to prolong it for just the reason of prolonging it, not because it served a plot purpose. And so uh, you know, I that is my only. That's the only detracting thing from this season for me. You know, to be honest with you, that after reading the novel, this is more of a movie than a TV series. Mm. The because uh, there's really not a whole lot of there there to stretch it out for ten episodes. I think. Um, so I think this would have made a great two-hour movie. Yeah, it, well, definitely. Although I am glad that they did it as a series because I do feel like we have so much character development and if they put Ralph and Holly together as the detective team, then that could really open up doors for a Van Helsing kind of agency, you know, where they've already had experience with Supernatural and so, you know, there's lots of, uh, there's the pragmatic, Scully and Mulder, you know. Definitely had a Mulder and Scully vibe. And, yeah, but but Van Helsing vibe to it, like you know, we're monster hunters. I I I think that that could be totally epic and amazing. I my I think in some ways though, the the it it is that I should say it this way: it is that character development which leads me to believe that anything they did from this point forward could be awesome. And I don't think we could have gotten there if we only had a a small movie. A short movie wouldn't have done it. Uh, yeah, two hour movie. I think you could have told the whole story, um, in um, 
I think you could have told the whole story. (laughs) To be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's really not a whole lot. It's really not a whole lot. Let's just be honest. You know? I don't know. I I, I mean, again, you know, my criticism is that it was really slow. But I don't I don't think that it was a bad choice to make it into a series. Not no, at all. of course I don't think that because I love the show, but I'm just saying that it would have worked as a movie. I thought. Oh, well, yeah. I think, you know, there, yeah, there is some, there is some wisdom to, it could have made uh, a better movie. That's true. Oh, I mean, it, it, I mean, I, no, I'm just saying it, it, I don't know if it had been better, but it, it could have worked. I thought, um, now, uh, I want to bring up this show, Mr. Mercedes, and the the novel series. We talked about it before. Um, it, Mr. Mercedes is book one of a trilogy by Stephen King, the Bill Holly, the Bill Hodges trilogy, um, which is Mr. Mercedes, Finders Keepers, and End of Watch. And in that novel series, Holly Gibney is a character in all three books. Um, now. Holly, let's see. Uh-oh. Um, Holly in that, it, it's also a TV series as well. And um, in that TV series, uh, the there's the uh, other Holly, the Holly that's on the um, TV series. I just finished the first season, and I'm almost finished with the book. I was reading them simultaneously. And... Um, uh, the woman who plays Holly on the TV show, Mr. Mercedes, is very, she does a very good job. She's a, a, real, a, a really good actress. And her, she, play, her she plays, she plays, right? huh? Her name is Justine. Something. Yeah, Justine Lupe. Um, yeah, she plays a different Holly. So she's more of a Holly before she became what she is in The Outsider. So she's like, you know, she still lives with her parents. She's, you know, dealing with her social anxiety and her other issues. And she's really, this is her becoming more of an independent person. So the Holly is very different. Um, I, I haven't seen the second and third season. I'm about to start with those uh, second and third season. But, um, you know, uh, from what I gather is that she becomes much more of a stronger character going forward i don't know uh, you saw the second season without spoiling it for me or our listeners uh do we see a a a more of a holly that's closer to the outsider one um <clears throat> maybe a little um but but the outsider take of holly was i think on point so much more so than I feel like they were willing to do with Mr. Mercedes series. Mm-hmm. Like they gave her the quirks. They really went out of their way to make her seem uh, very, very different, different from everybody else. I, you know, I've used the, uh, I've used the comparison of she's a lot like uh, a Will Graham mm-hmm. in that she can, see into things that people can't normally see. Um, but but her, it's her personality quirks and her sort of very eclectic behaviors 
that make the character who the character is. And I feel like in Mr. Mercedes, they washed that down a lot. So it didn't feel as, uh, it didn't feel as hugely part of the character as it does in the outside. Yeah. But, um, remember in Mr. Mercedes, it's the evolution of Holly. So she yeah, wasn't. It's true. Yeah. So she's not where she is in Outsider. So you can't really That's compare that. You can't compare the two characters because she be she goes through what she goes through in Mister Mercedes and the other books to become the Holly that we all love in uh, the Outsider. Um, do it's, you, it's true. It's true. Do yeah. you think? Uh, I look. Don't get me wrong. Cynthia Revo does a fantastic job as Holly. Do you? Do you think that? Um, it would have been interesting to have taken that actress and put her on this one. Just, you know, I, we've only really seen that a handful of times where a character is on another series and they bring him over to another one when one is ended. Like uh, we saw that with uh, Richard Belzer uh, was on Homicide Life on the Street playing Munch. And then they brought him right. over to SVU and a bunch of other programs. And it's been done I, um, besides like a, this would be di- totally different than a spinoff being that uh, you know because it's not really a spinoff at Outsider but um, just in that same world or universe so it, it would have been interesting but Cynthia Revo does a fantastic job so it have been interesting just it would have made the bridge between those two shows even greater by having that character but you know, one of the writers on Mister Mercedes is one of the the main writers on uh, Outsider, Dennis Lehane. Lehane, I believe how you say his name. Um, right. He's on both shows, so that's interesting that uh, you know, um, that they have that you know that thing in com in common. But it's t- definitely both material is very different. Uh, it it almost ex- it even though it's in the same world, it exists almost in a different world. Um from the first book, uh, Mr. Mercedes to, uh, the outsider. So, uh, but then eventually in end of watch, from what I understand, it becomes more believable that those are the same two worlds. Yeah. Um, I, or the um, same world, not the same two worlds, but the same world. In some ways I kind of, I don't, well, I don't, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what they do. To me, it feels very much like Mr. Mercedes takes place almost in an alternate universe. Right. But did you read End of Watch? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, End of Watch be- gets supernatural, right? Right, right. Right. So. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, right? Uh, like, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not going book. I'm just going... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going um, series to series. Just I'm just comparing the series, not what I know happens canon in the books. Oh no, I was talking about books. Um, oh, because okay. I I've only seen the first season of the show. Uh, probably tonight I'm gonna start on the second season at some point. Uh, but from what I've gathered from the just reading up, what happens is they switch the third book with the second book and uh because it seems like the second book finders keepers is the third book and i think they just took some elements from the second book but it's mainly the plot from the third book which makes sense 
in this regard because the main villain in the first book returns in the third book. So they probably decided instead of taking a whole season off to get back to him, uh, they just probably decided let's keep it going, you know, and since the third book, you know, you know, uh, continues that storyline. Yeah, that's true. That's I, you're right. I, I don't know. <clears throat> you know, I think there's a whole bunch of different ways they could look at it, right? There's a whole bunch of ways that they could approach either crossover or n- not crossover. Mm-hmm. They, it doesn't have to be, it could be one way or it could be something completely different because the outsider could be its whole separate universe. They don't have to use the Mr. Mercedes uh, stuff. It doesn't, that doesn't have to be part of the outsider universe. It just doesn't. Well, they didn't, I mean, they didn't in the, on the TV show, they didn't make any, that's what I, mean. I don't think they made one reference to Mr. Mercedes no Bill Hodges or anything. Just the fact that Holly Gibney is in both series is the only thing. I think that I think the only the the sort of reference was doing work with her before, right? Which is which from the novel. could have been anything, right? And that could have been anything. Yeah, but I, I'll tell anyone though, uh, Mr. Mercedes, the first season I can only vouch for. It's very good. <laughs> it's a very yeah. good show, and it's very different. Because after watching The Outsider, it took me and Miosha like a minute to get into it because the, the, the pacing and the, the visual aesthetic and just it was very different. And uh, the thing that got me to got me interested in Mr. Mercedes was my love for The Outsider. So so and it was like, I want more, you know, and then I was like, well, this is kind of more in a way, you know, and I discovered this really cool thing, but it it wasn't the first episode that pulled me in. It it took a couple of episodes. Right. And then then it was like, Oh, I like this. This is really good. It's, it's good characters and stuff. So it's a very different, uh, it's a very different feel. The whole, the whole series has a different feel than anything you'd see. Like don't watch Mr. Mercedes and expect to see anything like the outsider. No El Cuco in there at all. No, no. And uh, and it's also just really, I mean, just stylistically, it's just really different. Right. But uh, Brendan Gleeson, who plays uh, Bill, Detective Bill Hodges, is very good. <laughs> He's a very good actor. He does a, a fine job as uh, as uh, Bill Hodges. So I agree with that. Yeah. All right. So, Jen, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at following bliss one, and you can check out my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com. And uh, you can head over to studio white wolf. If you are interested in some story deconstructions. All right. Studio white wolf. Uh, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course the website is indyradio.org. I N D Y radio.org. And we'll catch you next time right here. Peace.